Welcome, 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 everybody. Welcome back to the Razzball Fantasy Hockey Podcast. This is Reed, joined by Viz, as always. Uh, we actually recorded this yesterday, but I we believe that my audio kind of fucked up a little bit, and we lost a whole 10 minutes on mine. We have no idea where the 10 minutes were lost, but we're going to just power through this. Um, we are going to persevere. Uh, the Bills haven't made the playoffs in 17 years, so I think we can wait one day for this podcast to be finished recording. Viz, uh, a little bit colder today than yeah. yesterday. Yeah, that was kind of, kind of funny. Like I, I didn't even notice when I put it in the editing program and then when I went to put in the ads when you upload it into Blog Talk Radio. Why is there so much silence for these extended periods? And just realized like 10 minutes disappeared out of nowhere. It's just so bizarre. But yeah. Whatever it's done. Whatever it's uh, done. We're going to do it. I guess, gonna, I guess we, got a little, we got a little bit more information now, uh, at least in regards to like Landis Cox suspension and stuff about who's filling in. So I guess in that regard, it, it help, it's a, kind of a good thing. But uh, let's jump right in with Matt Murray. Yeah, he's week to week. Uh, it's supposed to be – they said two to four weeks they expected, mm. but – on it, like, that doesn't sound very good. No, I think Mackenzie said it's the kind of thing that could even go past four, possibly. Um, I mean, it's clearly going to be Tristan Jerry's show. Pick him up if he's still – he should still be available in your league unless someone jumped on it right away. They got the Sabres back-to-back Friday, Saturday. So, even if he doesn't start both games, they call him – Casey DeSmith, who I honestly know nothing about to be his backup. I wouldn't be surprised if they run Jerry into the ground uh, until Murray comes back. Uh, I mean, I don't think they're going to go out and trade anybody. It just, I think they're going to ride with Jerry. At one point in time, he was considered a better prospect than Murray was, so I mean, there is some upside here. So, yeah, I mean, if you need any goaltending help in the, in the meantime, I would definitely grab him and just see what happens. At the worst case, I mean, getting game against Buffalo certainly can't hurt. Yeah, that'll be a nice um, building block for Terry and everything. Um, I Did you touch on Malkin? No, not yet. No, okay, we might as well just stick with the Pittsburgh thing. Yeah. Um, Evgeny Malkin is take, making the road trip to Buffalo for tomorrow's game. He, sh- I expect him to play. Um, yeah. yeah, you think you think if he's going to come here because it's a one game trip. Obviously, the Sabers have the back to back with Pittsburgh, so it, it would make a lot of sense. For, <laughs> it seems like a waste if he's not going to play, or at least he has to be super close. It, it should help Gensel quite a bit. Gensel's playing really well again. He has, I believe, four goals his last four games. He's been playing with Kessel and Riley Shan. I assume Malkin's just going to slide right in there. And, I mean, Kessel's been a top – I think he's the number two uh, forward on the player Raiders still right now. Gensel gets going. We, we know how good Malkin is. He's almost a lock for a point per game when he's playing. We can see that second line from Pittsburgh really take off. Yeah, I agree. Um, let's go to the Rangers. Uh, Mika Zibanejad is out. was out – the other night, last minute with an upper body injury. Do we have any more information on that? I haven't seen anything. No, it was kind of bizarre. He, you don't hear anything about it. There was no question mark next to his name, nothing. And then 6.55, you know, the Rangers tweet out, he's out with an upper body injury. 
the, I know in the big $33 one on DraftKings, he was still about 6% owned, so I feel bad for those people who weren't paying attention at the last minute. But, uh, I mean, David D'Arne took his place, and that line ended up scoring three goals. Kreider had two, Butcher had one. They all assisted on him all day. Arne had three assists. We've seen D'Arne in the past. He's going to give you a shot a game if you're lucky. Uh, could give you decent assists. Definitely for deep leagues, decent assists. But he's going to give you literally nothing else. I'm hoping this isn't serious for Zabinijan. But I really wouldn't use uh, D'Arne in a 12 or Unless it's like a Saturday or a Sunday and you're streaming and you're down in assists. And then, you know, he could be your guy. But otherwise... This isn't going to really open anything up for anybody. Right. Um, let's go to Anaheim. Uh, Ricardo Kell is out with a uh, – he's day-to-day with an upper body injury. Mm-hmm. Um, do we have an expected timeline of when he'll be back? They did I, They did win last night at St. Louis, which yeah, surprising. Was, uh, yeah, they held on for dear life. I mean, the, one of – Vermette ended up scoring two goals, actually. One of them was just a shot towards, like, the far side and just hit him in the chest and went in. It was kind of funny. But, I mean, all credit for the win goes to to Gibson. I mean, he made 37 saves. And the score looked closer than it was. It was uh, 3-0. Brodziak scored a little under four minutes left. And then he scored again with 17 seconds left. So it really wasn't that close of a game. But credit for the Ducks to get a, a huge win. But you know, in the meantime, I really wouldn't want to use any of their forwards except uh, Silverberg, who surprisingly played 14 minutes. I hope to God he didn't get hurt in this game. I didn't notice that, but that's very low for what he's been playing. Otherwise, I mean, I don't really even trust Perry right now, and the options are so limited. Montour missed this game too. I mean, they're just taking such a beating. His injury doesn't sound serious, but even still – I could see using, I mean, Fowler, even though he hasn't had the best of starts, and Vatnin and Perry and Montour when he's back, and obviously Gibson and Silverberg, and I wouldn't touch the rest of this team. I mean, Chris Wagner is the only interesting guy out of all their their randoms, I guess. I mean, he had two goals and an assist against Chicago the other day and then had an assist in two shots on Wednesday playing 22 minutes. And when you get those kind of minutes, you're clearly in play to be used. I mean, he had 10 face-off ones, too, for those in leagues that matter. I mean, I guess you could stream him over Matt, but I don't know. I'd almost rather just stay away. I don't know what you're thinking about the Ducks. They are going to get by by just packing it in and just letting Gibson carry them. I, mm-hmm. I Honestly, I don't see any other way that they win, and then they'll let, like, Silverberg try and, like, 1v4. Yeah, he's been a great DFS option lately, especially with all these injuries to this extreme because everyone's just fading the Ducks completely. But I've been taking him as just like a one-off without anyone else on his line. And against the Blackhawks the other day, he had a goal assist, two shots, four blocks. And then yesterday he had an assist and four shots and a block. So he's giving you even a, a nice, a really high floor because he's blocking a lot of shots. Uh, along with the shots on goal, which is always at a good clip for him. So he's just a guy to keep in mind specifically for DFS. When, you, when you're making a bunch of stacks and you end up with this one extra spot left, if he's, you know, I would kind of plan on trying to be a guy like him if you could. 
Yeah. Um, let's go to San Jose, though. Let's just go right down the Pacific Coast Highway. Wait. Yes, that's how you get there, I think. Does it start that far up? I honestly have no God, idea. God, I feel like it has to. If it's called the Pacific Coast Highway, it's got to go the entire Pacific Coast. You would think. That's clearly something we could easily find out, but I'm too lazy to do it. Uh, In San Jose, Martin Jones is day-to-day with an undisclosed injury. Aaron Dell has looked good in the games that he started. I don't think anyone should be concerned. I think Dell should be owned. Um, Yeah, I agree with all that. I mean, there there wasn't a real timeline for, for Jones. All I said was, there's no guarantee he returns on this road trip. The road trip's three more games. They play Florida, Tampa back-to-back Friday, Saturday. Then they play at Washington Monday. So if there's even a chance that he's going to be back within four days, five days, then obviously this isn't serious. Those matchups aren't really great for Dell. I mean, I would play him against Florida, I think, at this point. But I would obviously I wouldn't play him against Tampa Bay. Yeah. Um, let's go to Montreal. Uh, Shea Weber was out Wednesday. He was out mm-hmm. last night. He's going to be out tomorrow or today as well. Um, Montreal seems to be doing just fine without him, mainly because Carey Price is doing a lot of good work for him. And their top line of uh, Drew and Pacioretty and Galchenyuk is carrying right now. Well, that, that, that's the one. Well, another thing we got to add now because we're doing this again. Drew and left the. That's right. That's right. They said it's not serious, but he isn't going to play against Detroit. I don't know. know, We're recording this early in the morning. I don't think we've seen who's going to slide in his spot or how they're going to balance these lines again. I mean, he was playing with Galchenyuk and Byron yesterday, which I thought was kind of weird. I I guess Bukanich might slide up there. Which, yikes. Maybe Galchenyuk goes to center and they slide up like – Kudan or something. I don't know. They have some options, but I'm not I'm not particularly looking to stream any of their guys on the team except like maybe Dano. I was gonna ask you about him. Maybe Shaw if you need penalty minutes. Uh, I mean Dano's getting huge minutes. Yeah, Dano had Yeah, he had twenty minutes. Shaw had nineteen minutes in this game as well. And that's not like, oh, he played a lot of penalty kill. No, like he had no ice in the no time on the penalty kill. He played twenty minutes. He was up or he played nineteen minutes. I mean, he was up there with Pacioretty in them, so interesting. I mean, Dano is a guy who's gonna you know what he's gonna give you. He's gonna give you about forty points. An okay shot rate. Uh, maybe probably okay punt. It's just not really good anywhere. So I mean there's some value in a deep league having a, just an average guy across the board. But in a 12-er, I don't really see much use for him. And Shaw, yeah, if he's going to play 19 minutes, you might just stumble into him murdering someone on the ice and you win penalty minutes for the week, too. And, again, he's the same boat. I mean, he's the same boat as Dino, really. You're about 40 points at that pace right now. I don't think Shaw will last there. I'll probably be more in the 30 to 35 range unless the minutes hold decent shots. And you're really just using him for penalty minutes, so. Be a judge yourself if you need the penalty minutes. He's a great guy to stream because it's not like you're streaming Cody McLeod or some guy who's going to has no prayer of giving you anything offensively. There's a realistic expectation that you could get a point from Shaw. Yeah, agreed. Um, let's go to Minnesota. Yeah, let's go to Minnesota. Uh, Jared Spurgeon's out with a groin injury. Yeah. 
um, makes Matt Dumba more playable, uh, should be picked up because, again, defense is a pretty rough category for fantasy. I feel like we're, we're going to be saying that for several years. Mm-hmm. Like the depth in terms of scoring defensemen is really not there. But yeah, I mean, it, it's it's hard to judge. I don't know every team's system well enough to know like how well these like second tier defensemen are going to be eventually. I guess the good news is between Kale McCare, between OU Levy, uh, Miro Heiskanen, obviously Rasmus Dahl in the next year's draft, there's a ton of elite defensemen prospects that could at least lengthen out top tier, which would be nice. And as far as like top tier defensemen now, I mean, Burns, Bufflin, I guess even like Keith are inching towards like the downside of their prime or are already out of it otherwise everyone else is in their prime or not even there yet so i guess there is some hope but i don't know and you're right it's gonna be a couple of years at least i think well actually we have a trade update um oh. sammy Votnin and a conditional draft pick were traded from anaheim to the new jersey devils also pause this podcast go pick up sammy sammy Votnin. <laughs> was traded to the New Jersey Devils. The Ducks will be acquiring Adam Henrique, Joseph Blandesi, and a 2018 third-round pick. Huh. Um, so Anaheim had a complete, like, dearth of, not dirt, dearth, with an H at the end, of hmm. quality blue liners. Young, quality blue liners. Like, they have a ton. Their system's loaded as well. They traded one of them, Sammy Votnin, who I'm assuming they value probably the least of them all to Anna to New Jersey, who now all of a sudden actually has a more respectable defense core and sort of shores up a little bit of that blue line for Adam Henrique, Blandizi, and a third round pick. Which okay, um, this helps out Anaheim in terms of getting centers that are healthy and can play. Mm-hmm. It gives them more forward depth, which they desperately needed right now with everyone injured. I like this trade for both teams. I think New Jersey has a ton of small, skilled, fast forwards. I don't think they needed Henrique or Blandizi. And I think the pickup of Votnin really helps out. Yeah, it definitely does. I mean, he's locked in for... Two more years after this one, Botnin. Henrique has two years left, one more after this one, at almost uh, equal salaries. Blandisi, he had a really hot start. I never really bought in. I remember there was a guy in the comment section just like, why don't you like this guy more? And it just seemed kind of fluky, but God knows Anaheim needs the depth right now. I assume he's going to be in the lineup right away. Yes. And. I mean, I would have to pick up Henrique right now just two because what the hell? He's going to have to play 20 minutes. I mean, if Chris Wagner's playing 22 minutes, there's a decent chance Henrique does. And, I mean, if he plays with Silverberg and Cagliano, even if it's in, like, a shutdown line role, they're going to play so many minutes that they're going to generate enough chances anyway. So, yeah, I, I think this makes some sense. Votnin seemed like they most likely got to move all along from Anaheim. I get that. When they get healthy and Montour back, then that top four is still going to be loaded. So I, I like it for them. 
they just need the forwards desperately right now. And for the and for the Devils, like you said, they're hoping Zaka can take that spot. You have him in his shire as your top two. Henrik is okay. He hasn't really taken another step after he got at the the game winning goal in the conference finals to get the Devils into the cup. God, that was like 2011. Yeah. So I remember being in Vegas when it was the when I just turned 21 and he was scoring the goals. Um, so I don't. They didn't really have much need for him. He clearly wasn't going to be in their long term plans. They weren't going to resign him anyway. And God knows his defense needs the help. So, yeah, I'm 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 for this trade on both sides. Yeah, too. I this is one of those trades where I think everybody wins. Yeah, I mean the Devils are tied for seventh in, or tied for sixth in terms of power play percentage too. So Vatnin could see a decent boost there. I mean he it looked at one point like he had a decent chance of becoming a superstar of sorts, at least in fantasy world. He had a year where he had 36 or uh, 37 points in 67 games, so, and that was as a 23-year-old. So you saw the upside. That, then he next year had 38 points, and then he had a rough season last year between injuries, some bad luck in terms of shooting percentage, all that stuff. This year he's been off to a really bad start. Uh, if you need defenseman help, though, I'd take the shot on the upside. Yeah, I completely agree. I think everybody in this trade should be picked up. I most of these players should be available. Um, yeah, I mean Henrique and Vaden for sure. Blaine yeah, Deasy. I think even like a, I don't even think Blandizi would be a bad pickup because you know, like they're not trading for him just for the sake of trading for him. Like they I need mean, forward depth. Like he's going that, that to play. Might, yeah, but, yeah, but that might be why they, they might need him just to play. That's yeah, why I don't know. I mean. He had a decent stretch, like I said, to start. The Palmas are nice, but he's under a shot per game, so I don't see too much there outside of a deep league, maybe. But yeah. I mean, he's stre- he, uh, he's streamable for the first couple of games because normally yeah. when a player gets traded to a different team, they normally start off a little bit with a heater, and that's sort of what you want. Yeah, so. I mean, let's see. Once, uh, once they get to Anaheim, which I assume will be tomorrow, Friday at this point. They play at Columbus, so I assume they'll meet him in Columbus. See how they do take uh, morning rushes. See who, where Blandisi's uh, slotted in the lineup and then go from there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, also, just to point out, Brandon Montour's day-to-day. Mm-hmm. He's not even on our list, but I'm just going to give you the update. He's day-to-day, but Anaheim is optimistic. He's making the trip to Columbus. He should play in that game. So... Just don't worry. I say don't worry about it, but keep an eye on it. Like, he might not play. Mm-hmm. Uh, they think Francois Beauchemin might come into the lineup. And, of course, the update, this injury update was, like, from two hours ago. And they said, He's horrid. Yeah, and they said, like, expect Sammy Vatnin to take over top power play time. And now I'm just <laughs> laughing at that. Obviously, Hampus Lindholm would probably slide into that top power play. I don't know what they're gonna do. I mean, I don't think he's much of a power play player. Well, they well they need I mean, they need piece, something. But, I mean, they could put Silverberg on the point. They could do a couple things. I mean, they could just have Henrique out there and slide Silverberg back, like I said, or someone else. I don't know. See how they take practice too. I mean, if Raquel comes back too, he could be on the point as well. They have some options. I wouldn't be so sure it's gonna be Lindholm. 
I mean, don't get me wrong. I think he's one of the best five defensemen in the league, honestly. In real life, he is just absolutely incredible. But he's not much of a power play guy. I don't think they want to really burn him those extra minutes either. <laughs> We're all speculating here. At the end of the day, let's see what they do in practice Friday morning and make your judgments from there. If Lindholm is going to play there, then I would grab him too. Yeah. Also, do you want to know the conditions on this third-round pick that was included? Sure. Okay. If Anaheim sends, signs Henrique to a new standard player contract for 2019-2020 prior to their own third-round pick in the of the 2019 draft, Anaheim will transfer their own third-round pick of the 2019 draft to the Devils. Okay. Interesting. Second point. If Anaheim sends, signs Henrique to, the, um, to a contract after their own third-round pick of the 2019 NHL draft – Anaheim will transfer their own third round pick in 2020 to New Jersey. And if and if Henrik doesn't sign re-sign with Anaheim at all, no pick will be exchanged. Interesting. I remember the Sabres trade with Ryan Miller when they sent him to the Blues, it was kind of the first one like that, where they only lost a pick, but it was if it was before the draft, if they trade if they sign him after the draft, then he was then the Sabres weren't going to get anything. Uh, until the year after, and it was like a third-round pick instead of a first or something, which I thought was kind of bizarre. Like, it gave the Blues no incentive to sign him early and just tell Miller, like, we're going to give you this, this way today, and they'd be like, okay, whatever. Um, I don't know. I don't know if they're going to even have the cap space at that point to consider bringing back Henrik. I mean, it's far away, but you have Getzlaff and Perry locked in for a ton and Kessler's getting a lot. I guess the good thing is they got like a, a cheat deal on Raquel, but you got a lot. I guess you clear out BX's waste of space by then too, so it's not impossible. But, you know, Fowler's contract kicks in next year. Manson's gets a big raise next year, so I don't know if they'll – Gibson's a free agent at the same time as Henrique, so I don't know if they're going to have the space, but uh, good for the Devils to get that thrown in there. Yeah, I agree. Um, okay, I guess back to some of the injury stuff since we mm-hmm. did we got sidetracked there by that breaking news. Um, Evgeny Dadanov for Florida is out four to six weeks with a shoulder injury. Yeah. Um, we still, I don't think, have a good idea of who's playing with Barkov and Huberdo. Yeah, who- yeah, and it looks like Denny Malgin, but he only played like 12 minutes last game. He's not going on the first power play unit. Uh, he was on the second unit, but they barely played. Henrik Kapala, a guy I liked in the preseason, finished pro, came over. He got recalled, and he's playing on the first power play unit. But he's not playing on the first line. He's playing with McCann. If he got the chance to move up there, I would I would stream him and see what happens. You could maybe do it anyway, but I'm probably just staying away. It looks like a situation, unfortunately, where we lost a, a really good fantasy asset. Dadnoff was probably a top owner player at this point, and we don't get anyone to replace him. So you just kind of lose a guy that you could use, which kind of sucks. And it, this might hurt Florida quite a bit. I mean, they're already in trouble. And, I mean, he's been great with those two. Now, I mean, maybe part of it is just playing with Hubert Barkoff, but I do think Dadnoff's a quality NHL player, so... We'll see how they look, but I'm not optimistic about Florida going forward. 
Okay. Um, let's move over to Redeem Verbata, who's on IR with a face injury. Listen, I didn't think he was a terrible-looking guy, but like I can see the argument that this brutal-looking face puts you on IR. Um, do we have any update? Because it's it just sort of came out of the blue. No, I haven't seen anything since uh, a couple days ago that says he's he remains on IR, missed the fifth game. Panthers have not released any information regarding a timetable of his return, so honestly, I have no idea what's going on. It was undisclosed for like a week. Now they're saying face. That's helpful. Thanks. I don't know what the hell that means. I didn't. I didn't see if he took a puck to the face or anything, but that, I mean that wouldn't be undisclosed to begin with. I don't know what is going on. Kind of a bizarre situation, but again, I, I guess there really are two guys that Florida lost without anyone to really replace them fantasy-wise. I mean, it's honestly just Huberto, Barkov, Trocek, and then Boogstad's a streamer right now. Otherwise, there's no forward even worth considering unless Hapala gets a, a bigger role than he has in his first couple games since being recalled. Yeah. Um, let's see who else. Uh, David Krejci was out yeah, uh, last night re-aggravating an upper body injury. Um, I mean, he, again, there's another one. I don't really like any one of the people who are no, replacing him. I don't he, either. He's had a decent start. He had nine points, eleven games. He's always a decent source of assists, but just nothing there for Boston. I mean, they got a nice win at home against Tampa, but yeah, it's a couple points for Marshawn, Krug, and McAvoy are playing well. It's the usual suspects. None of the second tier guys are really worth anything at this Point. Exactly. And uh, Anti Ranta uh, for Arizona is out at least on the two game road trip with an upper body injury. Um, I think we discussed it yesterday, which you guys unfortunately didn't hear. Do not pick up. Who is it? Yeah, Scott Wedgwood. Wedgwood, yeah. He played well against the Coyotes, but, or against the Oilers, sorry. But, I mean, the Coyotes got absolutely destroyed earlier in the year when Ranta was out for about. 12 games and they were like 1 and 11. I don't even actually, I don't even know if they won a game. Granted, yeah. Wedgwood looks better than Domingue uh, did, but it's, I just don't trust it at all. Just grab Jerry instead or even Dell from Florida or screen the spot. Don't waste your time with Wedgwood. Yeah, it's Dell playing at Florida, not or playing yeah. against Florida. Just so the viewers or the listeners not uh, thinking, oh, Dell plays for Florida. Hmm, okay, oh, yeah, it's sorry. okay. Um, yeah, I almost called him uh, Westwood Westworld instead of Wedgwood, oh. and God, I missed that show Westworld. <laughs> so good. I think it comes back next year. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure I saw it was going to take Game of Thrones time slot in the summer. Yeah, because, you know, nobody actually wants to see the final season of Game of Thrones. No one wants to know how it ends. Let's just kill <laughs> all the buzz and hype about it that it, that it gained from that final scene in the season finale. Um, all right, uh, last thing, Gabriel Landeskog, four games of suspension. So it's down to three games because they played last night. Mm-hmm. Um, who do you play with? Who uh, filled in on that top line, Viz? Uh, it was Andrew Ghetto for the most part. Uh, in overtime, they actually had a four on three. The Jets fucking got a <laughs> they got a too many men penalty with eight seconds left in the in the third, so they had to play four on three in overtime. And it was interesting. They had Alexander Kerfoot out there uh, on the top unit. He actually had power play goal and he assisted McKinnon's winner in overtime. 
I think he actually gets a, a fairly decent boost. More than Andrew Ghetto. I mean, Andrew Ghetto played over 15 minutes, but Kerfoot played 19 minutes. The shot rate's not good, but if he's playing big power play minutes with McKinnon, I think I would actually lean towards streaming him a little bit more than Andrew Ghetto. Yeah, I agree. Um, all right, let's go to some uh, hot players uh, or players that are back. The boys that are back. Uh, Charlie Coyle is back. Yeah, he's he's had a decent start. I think he has three points in five games. The shot rate sucks. I, I, said, I probably wouldn't be rushing and grab him now, but I do think at some point this season, like last year, he was a hold almost the entire season. I do think whether it's in two weeks, a month, two months, he's going to get back to that level. Whether you want to ride it out with him now, in the meantime, we need to play Vegas tonight. That's fine if you want to. But I think for now, I'd probably leave him on the waiver wire until he has a better stretch than the one he's had now. But if you get to a point per game that's that's needed almost when your shot rate is very poor. So hopefully the shot rate gets back up to 2.5, and and then when he's giving you, I don't know, a 50 to 55-point pace, you can hold on. Yeah. Um, who else? Carey Price came back. Uh, he has been in the three games. He's given up, I believe, two goals. Yeah, he's been he's been lights out. Over 100 saves between the games, too. <laughs> Happy for the people who drafted him, and their patience is getting rewarded, I guess, because he was a dumpster fire and then injured, and you know, the bylaw window is definitely gone after the person who owned him waited on him for what, three weeks or so. I think he missed 10 games and then comes back and just three monster performances. He's got the ability to just keep Montreal in it by himself. You miss Weber, you're going to miss Drouin, and they're still winning games because Bryce is just that good when he's on. Yeah, um, and then Malcolm Subban is back again for uh, yeah. Vegas. He should be getting most of the starts, at least until Mark Andre Fleury gets healthy. Um, I think you start him at home. I'm not confident in their upcoming matchup, but, but yeah, he's been he's been really good in his games. He's four and one. <clears throat> Save percentage goals against everything looks good. He came back, gave up a couple goals to Arizona, but got the win. Gave up three goals to Dallas in a, in a really strange game that I'm not going to really fault for him. You, you look at the betting line tonight as they're in Minnesota. They're, they're a decent underdog, but not nothing crazy. You're right. It's not like the best spot to use him. If you needed to use him, I wouldn't be like opposed to it or anything. But definitely when he's at home, he should be in. in I mean, I would. He's another guy before Wedgwood. I'd grab. He's available in a lot of leagues, and we don't know when the hell Flurry's coming back. I mean, it's a mess with a concussion. Yeah, he's on the ice now, but it, this could linger for a while longer. So it's between him and Jerry if you wanted anything, you know, longer than this weekend. And I would probably rather take the upside of Jerry, but I wouldn't blame someone for going Subban instead with how well he's played in his. Five games, six appear or five starts, six appearances since he's been uh, been made the backup goalie, which was a shock in itself before the season started. 
Yeah. Um, all right. Now, I, we are going to have to talk about the William Carlson, Marcia Show, and Riley Smith line for Vegas while we were talking about Vegas there. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, they're they've just, been they're lights out. It, man. Yeah, <laughs> there's no other way to go around it. I mean, Marcia Show, I don't know why he's not owned in every single league at this point. Uh, I'm bringing it up now to see what his ownership is. It's still at 59.2% now. This is a guy who scored 30 goals last year with a very solid shot rate. Yes, he was minus 21, but that was on a different team, so I don't even think that's – plus minus isn't really relevant from year to year anyway. At this point, he has 21 points in 20 games. He's pushing three-and-a-half shots a game. He's giving you very good penalty minutes and solid power play points. So he's literally crushing all six categories right now because he's plus four too. Why he's available in any league, I have no idea. Uh, William Carlson, same thing. His ownership's actually higher than Marshall Show's, which is kind of funny. I mean, he has five more goals, but – Marshall shows better elsewhere. Morris is 18 pound minutes at Carlson zero. The shot rate's better. I could see at some point Carlson cooling off, and you like all of them because the shot rate's not good and the power, the pound minutes are literally non-existent. But at the same time, you have to ride him while he's playing this well. I mean, he he had a stretch before last game where he had seven goal or nine goals in seven games. He's just absolutely killing it. And Riley Smith, solid streamer. I don't know if I would hold him. It's kind of close. He's got 19 points in 23 games. The shower's below two a game, though. The penalty minutes are kind of fluky. I mean, he has 14 right now, but he had 17 last season in 80 games. So I can't see that maintaining itself. But, I mean, credit words do. They look like they got a real line here. I mean, they got Marsha Show from Florida for 750k for this year. This almost begged them to take him, which was just so bizarre. And he got Riley Smith with him at, at the same time just for taking them both. And now they got two guys who are clear top six players, whether it's second line or first line, it doesn't really matter. To get that kind of talent in an expansion draft is crazy. And then Carlson, obviously, I mean, the guy who never really got much of an opportunity in Columbus. He was playing every day, but he, you know, he never topped 25 points. And now he's getting a chance, and he's got 13 goals. And how he went into this year with 19 career goals, he could beat that by the new year at this rate. Yeah, I I don't disagree with anything you just said. The only interesting thing is, you know, Marshall shows contracts up, the Vegas falls off at all. If they can't get an extension done, do they trade him out as a rental? Because the way he's played the last two years, they could get a very good return for him. I mean, they're obviously hoping to stay in it and get him locked up. I don't see why they wouldn't be able to. I mean, they they have so few guys making any reasonable amount of money on their team that they have plenty of cap space to to lock up Marshall Show. He's still on. No, he's in his prime right now. He's not. He's not old by any stretch. So I don't see why they wouldn't lock him up. But if for some reason he doesn't want to be there or they they don't want to do it, yeah, I mean he's gonna be 27, uh, but right before here. If they can't get a deal done with him, maybe they do consider trading him, and he could be the biggest difference maker at the deadline outside of, like, Evander Kane. Sabres can't get him signed, or there's some other blockbuster that kind of comes out of left field. I mean, for Sabres' sake, I really hope they don't move Kane, but... Yeah, I mean... I think it's it's going to happen. I actually think think they'll make the trade. 
I mean, if they can't get him signed, you almost have to. I don't see any way around it. You can't let him leave for nothing. But I would do whatever I could to get him signed, that's for sure. Uh, is, there, is there anything else? <clears throat> I don't think we really have... Um... No, I mean... Also, are you at 30... Just to make sure we don't mess this up again. You're at 36 minutes and, like, change, right? Yeah, we're good. Okay. Uh, I mean, a good... Or just a couple things quick. I mean, Crosby's been the best player in the league the last two weeks. He looks fully back in form. Uh, Are there any guys you want to give some props to that have been doing very well, somewhat under the radar, you know, through the first two months of the season... There's a ton of attention on, obviously, the Tampa line, the Blues line, some other guys that, you know, Goudreau. Are, are there any guys you want to give some credit to for doing as well as they have under the radar? I mean, I'll just – I'll start with Nathan McKinnon. I, I, I ranked him in the top 100 still, which is higher than almost anywhere I had him after last year I had him in the top 50. I, I still am all in on his talent, but I wasn't sure it was going to quite happen this year well. He's got 28 points in 23 games. He's plus five. Decent power minutes. Plus power play points already, or special teams points. Shot rate is down a bit, but it's still well over two and a half a game. And he's becoming the superstar that I expected in front of us. I think the, the game transitioning to a more speed style obviously suits him. Yes, it does. There, are, there aren't three players in the league faster than him. I don't even know if there's two. I mean, I guess Larkin and McDavid and him are in the same tier to me, speed-wise, so... Props to him for finally taking that next step. Him and, and Rotten and two. No, he's only 20 years old. He's pushing a point per game. Uh, Colorado doesn't look as hopeless as they did two months ago. So a lot of it comes down to him. Yeah. Um, my guy I would give props to, I guess two of them, uh, Josh Bailey and Matthew Barzel. Um, yeah. Matt Barzel's on a seven-game point streak. Um, very, very, very low-key. Um, he's over two shots a game now. He's been, he's just been playing better over the last four. He's at three shots a game. He's still only seeing like 17 minutes of ice time a game. Mm-hmm. And considering they have that dominant line with Tavares, like it's really nice to see a second line center, like um, sort of protect him, like the 04 Red Sox where they had made, uh, David Ortiz or no, it was. Manny Ramirez would protect David Ortiz at the batter's mm-hmm. box. Pretty much it's nice. You can't stack up your top pair and your shutdown line just against Tavares because then Barzil's going to come in and wreck some people. Right. Um, it's really nice to see that. And then Josh, yeah. ba- Josh Bailey's got 28 points in 24 games. Mm-hmm. The shots haven't really been there, but he's got 13 power play points. Like That's massive. For so. Sure. I mean, uh, like, I mean, he's just been a monster these last seven games. Like, you have to love what you're seeing. Yeah, I don't, again, add him in the category with Marshall and Carlson. Like, why the hell is Barzil available so many places? He's almost at a point per game. He's still available in almost 40% of leagues. Pick him up now, too. Pick up Marshall, too. I I don't get why. I mean, I know some teams are struggling to... You don't have enough room to add all these guys. Those two guys, I mean, I would bet on Marshall Show finishing the year as a top 100 player for sure. And Barzil top 150 with upside to be, like, pushing the top 50. Like, there's no reason why he should be so widely available. And you're right on Bailey. I mean, it's 
he's the king of assists only, but when you're at a point per game solely on assists, and in the power play points, uh, he's been great. And there's a big reason why the Islanders are taking off because he has the chemistry with Tavares and Lee. We saw it last year, and now it's letting Barzil and Everly play well, well together. So I think this Islanders team has a fairly good chance of making the playoffs with Barzil's emergence as long as these other the young guys on defense like Ryan Pulak and Adam Pellick can not you know, they avoid regressing and don't hit a rookie wall or anything, I think they'll be okay. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to give you a uh, uh, would you rather. All okay. right. And I'll, we'll talk about two guys that we've actually already talked about quite a bit. They are both o- available in 40% of leagues. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're both right around a point per game. Rest of the season, would you rather have Jonathan Marchessault or Matthew Barzil? I, th- I think I would rather have Marchessault. It's super close, obviously. Right? Yeah, like I don't think you could go wrong. I agree I think you'd it, want Marchessault. I, it, 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 I think it depends what you're looking for. I mean, if you need assists, then obviously Barzil's your guy. And it's not like he's hurting you in like penalty minutes at least to this point uh, he's actually has more power play points than Marshall uh, the Marshall show does but uh, you should get more goals from Marshall show the assists are going to be just as good or, or a little step behind but not too far uh, the penalty minutes will definitely be better and the shot rate is the, the one real difference between them is you know, Barzil is just over two per game and Marshall shows at 3.4 per game I don't think you can go wrong with either of them, and it depends a bit on your team build. But if they were both available and you had to decide between which one to pick up, uh, in a vacuum at least, I would take Marsha Show. Obviously, if there's any dynasty considerations here, this isn't a debate given Barzil's age. But for just redrafts, I think I would lean towards Marsha Show. Okay. Just wanted to throw it out there because, I like, again, no, 40% yeah, available, those are going to be right. the guys you're debating if – you're limited on your pickups at this point in the right. week of, okay, which one am I actually going to pull the trigger on? Mm-hmm. I like. I would also say Marsha Show for the short term, but good God, I could see Barzil keeping up and getting 60 points this year. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, I yeah, I mean, I, I would – I'd put the line a little lower just in case he has some slump at some point. I, I would put – the line for Marshall show actually probably like a 65 pace like he just the minutes are going to be so massive too where you know Barzil one game he's playing 21 the next game he's playing 15 and he's been consistently in that 17 minute range maybe it goes up that would be nice but I just think it's a bit safer and I'm not sure the upside is that much higher for this year I mean, like I said, long-term, it's through the roof. We've been talking about him. You talked about him a ton even last year on the podcast before we even got a real chance. So, I mean, clearly we believe in him. I, I just think at this point, Marshall Show is just a slight, I don't even want to say a tier above. Maybe is one tier above. It's it's not a massive gap by any stretch. Yeah. Um. All right. I think we're on to the three point challenge. Um. Yeah. For tonight's slate of games, I'm trying to remember who I picked because I did this yesterday. Oh, I remember exactly who I did. 
Okay, um, let's do, I guess, our talking points. Toronto, Edmonton, um, again, because there's a... Do we still have the tie at the top? There was a... When we did yeah, this you, yesterday, you everybody... Saints, yeah, you and Saints both have to now that you hit it. Oh, I was oh, talking about for that? players um, top oh. 10 in scoring. Oh, that's a good I'm going to check it to make sure. Because when we did this yesterday, everybody, there was a... Yeah, no, there there's still... 15 uh, players... Oh, it's up to 16. 16. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we're looking at Stamkos, Kucherov, Goudreau, Schwartz, Kessel, Dorchek, Shen, McDavid, Shifley. And then we have this massive tie from 10th through 16th of points between Kopitar, Giroux, Wheeler, McKinnon, Bailey, Tarasenko, and Tavares. Okay, so let's just hit the back button just to make sure all right so um let's just do the quick little talking points of the games yeah. kings uh capitals should be a really good game i don't expect it to be high scoring though i expect if you own brady and holpe you're going to be really thrilled with the outcome that is just screams like a two to one game where ovechkin has two goals um yeah, prop. oh, my- props to him too for leading the league in goals again just like that he already coughed to kucher off Okay. This hat trick against Toronto is crazy. Okay. Do you think Ovechkin finishes the? Do you think he wins the Rocket? Richard I mean, Trophy this pick, year. If I had to pick one guy, I would say yes, but I would take the field over him for sure. Right. So. Okay. I, hope, I mean, he's the greatest goal scorer ever. I can argue this forever. No offense to Gretzky or Bossy or anyone else. It's, it's Ovechkin when you consider the era. He yes. In. Absolutely. Um. Okay, Montreal at Detroit. Montreal on a back-to-back without, probably without Druin. That's sneaky, Anthony Mantha. Yeah, I was going to say Larkin, too. Like, the Detroit guys all of a sudden don't look so bad, especially, you know, considering Price has just come back from missing time. Are they really going to give him a back-to-back? I don't think so. I I don't think so either. And they claim Niemi. Uh, while Price was out, I assume he's still there as the backup, and he's been a dumpster fire for pushing on two years now. So Detroit is actually a pretty good DFS option tonight. Yes, I agree. Um, let's see, Vancouver at Nashville. I expect Nashville to sort of blow Vancouver out. I I, I just think Nashville right looks really good right now. In Vancouver, um, listen, Vancouver has been a very, 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 probably one of the biggest surprises this year. Mm-hmm. I just don't, I don't see it at Nashville. No, but I also, the way Nashville's playing, yeah. it's, it's hard to go against them right now. Um, let's see, Vegas at Minnesota. We talked about how this is not the day to start Malcolm Subban. Um I think Minnesota is going to take care of business at home. Vegas, again, they're iffy on the road. They're great at home, though, but this is on the road for Vegas. Dallas at Chicago. Um, this should be fireworks. Yeah. Should be. Uh, ben Bishop coming off a 3-0 shutout at Vegas, which was very surprising, very nice to see out of him. Uh, Chicago's... Dallas's splits are kind of crazy. They're nine and two at home and just four and one on the road. So I, I mean, you kind of got to look Chicago in the spot. But the fact that the over under is six and that the betting line has Chicago a small favorite makes it think that you know they're thinking each team is going to score, you know, three goals on average. 
So that that's probably your best bet for the highest scoring game of the night with a very close second, Toronto and Edmonton, on the chance that <laughs> – I mean, I don't see how Edmonton's going to stop Toronto unless Talbot's standing on his head the way that, you know, Toronto's just relentless with their depth and Edmonton doesn't have depth. So that's going to have them in, in trouble, I think. You know, and Frederick Anderson's been the second best player, the second best goalie behind Bob for the last uh, few weeks. He's been outstanding. You know, again, the goals against average isn't going to be good. It's not possible when you face as many shots as he does. But the save percentage is at a solid 919 now. The wins are great. So props to him for being a borderline number one goalie despite having a bad goals against average because he helped so much in the other two spots. But yeah, that game has all the potential to be high scoring. And Calgary, I mean, they're at home against Arizona. you got to love the spot with Alvarado. So, um, let's see. We have – and then Toronto at Edmonton. This... I just did that. Oh, sorry. That's um, okay. I just... <laughs> no, I was busy working on my Herm Edwards theory, but uh, oh, that's God. okay. Um, <laughs> okay, I don't know if you saw the Twitter inbox, but I posted a theory, and I actually think it's probably true. But that's besides the point because um, okay. you guys can't see it. Three-point challenge, I'm going with Sean Monaghan. Um, Arizona on the road, they they stink on the road. Jakob uh, mm-hmm. Chikrin is actually still in. He was sent down to the minors for conditioning, so he should be back soon, but he's yeah. not going to be back for this game. Uh, I like Dylan Strom coming up, finally. He's played only like 11 and a half minutes in their last game. I expect yeah. that to go up. Like, at some point, you're just going to have to play him. I understand the idea of, well, we need to get him, like, in a dominant position, but, man, like... They can't keep being like two years away. They're going to risk a Kyle Turris thing happening again, again mm-hmm. for him. So, yeah. and I'm going to take Patty Kane. Like I said, it's just a real good spot. That game should be wide open. Kane didn't get any points against Nashville, but he probably should have had about four goals. Uh, it's just a game I expect to be the most open game of the night. And you know, Chicago's betting favorite, the over unders, a six. It's a soft six, dude. It's kind of <laughs> you kind of got to pay some juice to even go over six. So it's just a nice spot for the game. Like I said, there's only there's, even now with the uh, with Montreal, Detroit in play because of you know if they play the Emmy and the injuries to Montreal, the only game I definitely wouldn't touch is Vegas, Minnesota. I I just think that's going to end up being a tighter road game for Vegas. Minnesota, Dubnik's been playing better. Otherwise, I mean, you could convince me someone on Washington or the Kings is going to do it. I I don't think so. But, I mean, the type of talent that Ovechkin, Backstrom, Kuznetsov, Kopitar have, it could happen at any point, really. And otherwise, you know, pick a game. <laughs> There's plenty of options for you to choose from. Uh, I'm going to get this post up as soon as possible by the time. I mean, obviously you're hearing it <laughs> at this point, so get your picks in at hockey.rasball.com. Uh, we'll be back probably Tuesday next week, possibly Thursday again. We'll see how things go, but uh, enjoy your hockey. Enjoy college football championship weekend, NFL, uh, everything else. The, waiting for the shoe to drop in baseball. Some big move's going to happen soon, and then everything's going to start. I'll save the the rants about Derek Jeter 
if I get on the baseball podcast because he looks like he's going to be the worst one of the worst. Oh, no, no. Yeah, he looks awful. It's amazing. <laughs> this quick side note. It's amazing how in a span of less than two years, like everyone loves A-Rod. And <laughs> again, despite him, you know, whatever, him admitting the, st- admitting the steroid use or whatever in Texas. But he's amazing on television. Now everyone likes him again. Now everyone's like, doesn't like Jeter at this point. Kind of funny how things change on a dime like that. I mean, that's just like marketing 101, right? Like, P- that's just PR work. It, like, you look at Aaron. The, the first thing you do when you become the G- part owner of the team is you tell Stanton, like, if you don't waive your no trade clause, you're going to be the best player on a shitty team. Like, what is wrong with you? It just seems like Jeffrey Laurie at 2.0 there. It's just so bad. Yeah, I mean, I mean I, I, people talk about expanding baseball 32 teams. Honestly, no. I think what they need to do is contract. They need to get Miami and shoot that team to the fucking sun. Get rid of them, and then you get rid of one more team somewhere, whether it's Tampa. Although I think Tampa could actually succeed if they get a new stadium that's actually in Tampa and not in St. Petersburg. Yeah, I think the problem is Tampa can't afford to – well, Miami sort of fucked over Tampa in the stadium yeah, debate because Miami got it all publicly funded and then Jeffrey Lawyer just gutted the entire team. And the whole po- reason why they voted to get that massive stadium with the fucking aquarium behind the home plate was the idea that pretty much like this team's going to be really good. Like they should be in a really good stadium. And then they gut everything. And it's like, well, thanks for the free stadium nerds. And it's like, okay, well then we're never – the state of Florida is never going to approve public funds again. Then you have teams like uh, Tampa and you have Tampa, the Rays, and then you have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers who need new stadiums. And, and the state's like, no, we're not doing this again. So it's a really interesting dynamic how that worked. Um, I'll say this about A-Rod. It's pretty um, – I don't know if people know this. He owns or he's a partial owner of uh, Barstool Sports, which is very popular among, like, Twitter and social media and all that stuff and millennials and shit like that. And he's even gone on Shark Tank and stuff with, like, Mark Cuban and presented himself like a, I don't know, human being. He went. Mm-hmm. He was on a college football game day the other day when um, – or a couple weeks ago when Miami played uh, Notre Dame. That's like, right, yeah. like, he's done a great job at reinventing his image. And Derek Jeter, I don't know what he's doing. He needs to go back to the Playboy lifestyle because, holy shit, he is just making himself look like, an, I don't, not a dick, but he doesn't make himself look good sitting there and threatening one of the top players in baseball. It just, to me, it makes no sense. Yeah, it's just a, a mess situation, but... <laughs> If you want, if you want to get more information on this stuff, check out Joshi and stuff or his podcast because he covered this and he's talked about Miami a few times over the last couple of weeks and he hits the nail on the head about what a disaster the situation's looking like before they've even played one game. But <laughs> that's it for us for now. Yep. Uh, anything you want us to talk about in the comments section, hockey.rasball.com. Let us know. Let us know on Twitter if you want. Uh, I am at rasballviz and Reed, you are at. Read Cash 17, R-E-I-D-K-A-S-H-1-7. Perfect. Uh, we'll talk to you guys soon. Take it easy. I take it easy, everyone.